met uh, Pastor Louis Miro uh, a few years ago when um, uh, Pastor Brian and I went down to Catalyst Conference, uh, and uh, Pastor Louis was heading down, and uh, we uh, met him, and just our, our hearts connected and got to meet and hear his heart a little bit. Uh, Pastor Louis has uh, been on staff pastoring in Brockton, Massachusetts, at Assemblies of God Church there, and also been on staff pastoring at uh, Worcester uh, on staff at a church there, uh, one of the larger Assemblies of God churches in our area. Um, but more importantly, he has a heart and a story that I would like you to hear tonight. I was emailing Louie a, a few months ago, and I said, you know, we'd love to have you come speak sometime. He's been, the last year, God has had him coming, going around to churches and speaking as he seeks the direction for the next step in he and Priscilla's life. And, uh, and he emailed me, he said, no problem, anytime. And I said, well, just tell me a little bit of your story. And he emailed me back and just told me about a paragraph of how God touched his life and changed his life and told me a little bit of his story. I said, man, our people need to hear this. We need to hear about what God has done. And we need to hear about how God has touched and changed your life. And so we asked him to come tonight and just share what's on his heart, share a little bit of his life, and share what God has done, uh, and just open up God's word to us. And I believe he's got a word from the Lord for us. So would you welcome Pastor Louis Miro here tonight? Give honor to the Lord, Jesus Christ, the cross, mm, right? The cross. Excuse my slang, but ain't nothing old about the cross. Thank God for Pastor Rick, Wendy, Brian, Pastor Brian, Laurie. Amen. you see on the screen is my wife Priscilla, my son Alejandro, the seven-year-old, and Lorenzo, the three-year-old. We tell people all the time that we set them up because my wife is 100% first generation born here, Sicilian, and I'm Puerto Rican. (laughs) Sicilian blood, Puerto Rican blood, mix them together. Mmm, fuego. (laughs) Man, so when they get, you know, because they get, man, when they, (laughs) Priscilla, this is true story, not, I don't know how long ago, uh, she looked at me, there was the Lorenzo chasing after the, the younger one chasing after the bigger one, and Priscilla was just like, we set them up for this, like, let them be, ding, ding, round one, go ahead, right, go for yours. But, um, but amazing grace, right? When I saw the picture put up there, I just couldn't help it, right? Because if you would have told me that at 43 years old that I would be alive, first of all, <laughs> that I would be a husband, I always wait to the end because I just, I just can't help it, Right? If you would have said I would have been a husband, that I would have been a father, I would have said, you're crazy. You need a new resolution, constitution, pollution. (laughs) But amazing 
grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Gentlemen that signed this resolution today, I applaud you, and I want to thank you for being, as Pastor Brian would say, some might not have father, uh, children yet, but for being the, the father, faith is, is declaring those things as though they were, so thank you for being a great dad and a great husband. To those that are husbands, thank you in advance. Because uh, some of your wives are like, hmm, he better, act, he better live up to that resolution. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. Um, so by faith. Uh, and the single dads, if you are a single dad, man, oh power to you. Um, and single moms too. But anyway, so praise God. Um, it's just so good to be here. Uh, for, though, for you, for uh, Bob, is it? No, at the PowerPoint, at the computer? John. John, Bob, same thing, right? Um, if you want, do you normally put the scriptures up? I'm sorry, I didn't tell but no, it's up, to, yeah? All right, Mark chapter 5, that's where we're going to be. We're going to camp out, took some sticky notes here and made some. New notes. Mark chapter 5. Feel free to take the picture off of my family off because I'll end up crying every time I look up this. So. <laughs> and not because how bad Lorenzo and Alejandro is. Or my, no. It's just, right? Mark chapter 5, <clears throat> the, the second portion, or just, anyway, Mark chapter 5, um, verse 24. So Jesus went with him, a large crowd followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm going to pause there for a second. Sometimes you just got to talk to yourself. It would be nice if Pastor Rick, Pastor Brian, the pastoral staff, it would be nice if Jason, in the middle of the night when you're going through the, the, the tough time, you know, when the church lights are off, the church building is closed, late in the midnight hour and no one's around, and you're going through some serious stuff, wouldn't it be nice if, like, Jason pops out of your, your, your closet, like, boom, with a piano? Bless the Lord, bless the Lord. You can do it. Come on, now God is greater. Right? He can't do that. It would be nice if Pastor Jason and the worship team could follow you around at work. Anytime you're having a bad day, you just dial them up. Play that song, Jason. Or at school, in your neighborhood, the list goes on and on. 
But that's not the case. That's why we have to learn. David said it. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to himself. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So she thought to herself, self, Jesus is coming into the neighborhood. Jesus must have had a good reputation. So she heard, she said to herself, self, if I just touch, come up behind him, verse 27, in the crowd and touch his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Does anybody find that interesting? Like, Jesus is in the neighborhood. There's a big crowd. I've been dealing with this problem for so long. And I come up with the grand idea of pushing through a crowd and touching his hem. When you're desperate, you'll do whatever it takes to get well. The question is, how desperate are you? How desperate are you? How Enough is enough, right? We hear it all the time. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. 29, verse 29 says, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. So immediately her bleeding stopped. At once, verse 30, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked the question, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answer. And not for nothing, I'm paraphrasing now. Not for nothing, Jesus, you asking who touched you? Like, really? It's almost an indictment, though. Because there's an entire crowd surrounding Jesus. Everyone is touching Jesus. But yet no one is causing Jesus' power to be extracted from him. You see, when you're desperate, you could be in a big crowd. But if you're desperate enough, you will do whatever it takes to extract the power of Jesus over your life. Mm. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. There's so much in there. And I'm sure by now you realize what does a bleeding, what does a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years, pushing through a crowd, have to do with you and I, have to do with what God has brought me from? I'm glad you asked. Thank you. 
This lady was considered a leper, though she didn't have leprosy, but she was considered unclean. I remember in Bible college um, during the summer, in order to help with paying my tuition, I worked with a carpenter that specialized in building decks. And so I would stay with him in New Jersey. Uh, By the way, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. Yes, I like the Yankees. Let's get that over with. Anyway, so I know people like, oh, peace out. I'm out. (laughs) Um, Jersey, decks. So decks, building uh, building decks. And so, um, and it was in a, uh, 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 it was the neighborhood, uh, Jewish neighborhood that we would, new houses, new decks. And, you know, I, some of these houses were just like, like this was like the size of the living room, right? I mean, just ginormous houses. And so I would take my, the liberty and just walk around and, and take a tour on a break. And I would go up in the bedrooms and, you know, just, just see how those people live, right? And, uh, and so I remember going into the bedroom, true story, and I see this king-sized bed and a twin size bed in the master bedroom. I began to inquire. Walter was his name. Walter, what's, you know, what's the deal, man? Why? He's like, yeah, I see that all the time. I was like, oh, you take tours too, huh? Anyway, <laughs> um, and come to find out when a woman is going through that time, um, she's considered unclean. And so she can't sleep in the same bed. She has to sleep in a separate bed. So this woman is considered unclean, not being touched, no physical contact, abandoned by those maybe that loved her, her friends maybe, no one to be found. She spent everything she had on doctors, and instead of getting better, She grew worse. And I like to take a pause here for a second, as I always do when I'm sharing this story. And that is, if you're trying to figure out why all of those positive DVDs that you buy from PBS are not working, I'll leave that alone. Because there's no one here, Pastor Rick, that buys those positive health DVDs. So she's looking for help in all the wrong places. Evidently, because she spent all she had. And instead of getting better, she grew worse. Abandoned, left alone. She's homeless. She has no money. People are turning their faces away from her. Possibly, maybe, not bathing. So her garments are dirty. Her garments may be stained because she's bleeding so much. She has no money to, to change her garment, to buy a new garment. You get the picture, right? Just crazy. What is, how does that relate? The reason why I get so excited when I, and, and I get, I'm overwhelmed with emotions. When I tell, when I show the picture especially, and every day, why would I say that at 43, I, you're nuts? If the alive father, husband, ministry, 
yeah, okay. And I mean that wholeheartedly. I still pinch myself. Is this real? The connection between this lady and I. So at six months old, they found my biological father with a needle stuck in his arm, dead. So I never met him. He was six months old. I was six months old. My biological mother abandoned me. Literally left me at the door, step, the door front of my grandparents' house, my father's side, and said, here you go, and took off. So I'm, I'm, I'm being raised now by my grandparents who did who just great job in the church, you know, Pentecostal, I mean, you know, they just did a good job. But however, they were not my mom and dad. Somebody say issues. Okay, I'll try it again. Somebody say issues. Now I'm going to ask you to take another bold step while I take a sip of water. Turn to the person to the left and say, you have issues. Turn to the person to the right and say, you have issues. Now, Wendy, you're saying that very loud to Bass Rick. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. Issues. I'm being raised with issues. Maybe not so much physical issues. By the way, in the King James Version, it says that this lady suffered the issue of blood. abandonment, not knowing who my father, my mother. So I began to act out out of anger, acting up in school and just knucklehead. And instead of getting better, things got worse. And here's this, this is where it really got worse. My grandparents, they figured he needs help, so let's get him, you know, let's get him one-on-one uh, -on -one with the, um, the children's pastor uh, at the church so that he could go counseling and, and try to work out these issues. And because of children in this room, I, uh, please, I, I will uh, refrain from saying uh, what has happened here in Massachusetts with a certain, the Catholic church. Issues. Instead of getting better, I grow worse because the people that's supposed to be helping me get better, take advantage of me, issues. Issues, man. At 13, I remember taking a puff of the first joint. Then after the joint, I remember... To this day, I was in a house, I uh, 15, I think, 15 years old, 15 years old, in a house. His name is J.R. I remember J.R. offering me, we were in uh, a, a, a 
someone else's house and everybody's, you know, doing their thing, getting high. And I remember JR offering me uh, uh, to try this pipe. And I remember trying and I'm thinking, wow, my issues just disappeared. That's the lie of the enemy, by the way. <laughs> we'll try everything as a substitute to cover the despair and the issues. I'll fast forward for time's sake. By the age of 17, I had made the decision to leave my house, couch surfing. I was homeless in the streets of New York doing everything that I needed, that I knew how to do to get my next fix, to get just, I mean, it, my, the highest grade I completed then was sixth grade. Doing things that just unimaginable, things that I think back now, I'm thinking, how in the world? You're familiar with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right? It's the, it's the same thing when someone's bound by issues. Because issues will drive you to do crazy things. Notice I did not say addiction. Because under the addiction, there are issues. That's just surface. So you might not be addicted to drugs and alcohol. You might be addicted to other things. Any, any of those things, there's a deep-rooted issue. And instead of, going, instead of getting better, I grew worse. I remember on the F train, F train, there's trains, the trains in New York, there are uh, letters and then numbers. I remember being on the F train, it was a summer. And I just wanted to get away from the outside elements, hot, stinky. Hadn't taken showers. It, it, uh, side note, I didn't. It's awesome being in the shower today. Some of you, you'll get that on your way home. We overlook these things, right? And I remember walking onto the F train, sitting in the corner, seats. And three women coming in to the train, and they went to go sit over by the side that I was sitting on. And I remember the face of just, it was just, just, just ugh, because I stunk so bad. I pinched myself, man. Is this real? Did this, was this a movie? Under the influence of drugs, I mean, just the list goes on and on. It's just, it's just hideous, hideous. I have scars on my wrists to remind me of the first time that I tried to commit suicide. I have a bad liver and kidney to remind me of the time when I tried to take the, uh, uh, some uh, uh, pills. Some of my grandfather's, he had heart condition, 
So I took the, the nitroglycerin pills, the whole bottle. At the doorway of death, Long Island College Hospital, the priests, I remember waking up and having the priests standing by my side, reading my last rites, and I, was, had, I had tubes in my mouth, big tubes in my mouth, nose, I mean, everything. they were trying to pump out my system because I had done cocaine that was mixed with rat poison. My appendix burst, my appendix scar, even now my primary doctor is just like, man, that, that just scar looks hard because at the same time they're trying to fix, they're trying to keep me alive, meanwhile uh, operate on me. And so it's just, so the scar, it's, I have a messed up uh, scar, it's just almost sloppy, but they just had to do it in emergency. Uh, and so I have the scar to remind me. <laughs> Amazing grace. Sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was a bum, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. And then the third time of suicide, standing over the BQE. Brooklyn Queens Expressway, three o'clock in the morning or so. I've done the worst sin in my mind that I could have ever done. I needed to end my life, jump over where the trucks were traveling because they travel at night now at BQE. For sure, if I jump over onto the BQE, this is it. This is good. And I remember, once again, as if it were yesterday, the Bible talks about, and I don't know, and Pastor Rick, I don't know where you're, where, you know, stand, as far as the whole angel thing, and I'm not going to preach angels. Or, for me, God sent someone. At 3 o'clock in the morning, he was riding a bicycle. Out of nowhere, he says, what are you doing, young man? I says, life is not worth living. I've done the worst thing that I could ever have possibly have done. He's like, what's that? Under the state of addiction, you wonder how people could do certain things. Under the state of addiction, I pulled a butcher knife on my own grandfather's chest. And demanded for his wallet. When I came down from that high, I couldn't believe it. What did I do? What did I do? The people that took you in. The people that have raised you, they put a roof over your head. The list goes on and on. What did you do? You see, issues will make you do things that you thought you would never do. Issues will make you think and do things 
that you would say, I would never do that. Long story short, all of a sudden this guy just disappears. And I'm thinking, what in the world? He talked to me before he disappeared. He talked to me. And not literally like disappear. Like all, I just remembered walking away from the, 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 the leaning over to the BQE, walking away. And I remember walking and him talking to me and, you know, just, just I, I think, I don't even remember him. I think I was just talking and he was just listening. To, and I was just he, talking, he's listening. And next thing you know, he's just gone. And I'm walking down Fulton Street wondering what just happened. And I figured, you know what? I'm going to give this thing a try. This whole God thing. The whole thing that my grandparents, right? How many are familiar with Teen Challenge? Right? I'm sure they've been here, maybe. Excuse me. I've been here. I don't know how long... Any old, seasoned, excuse me, not old, seasoned members here. But here's the neat thing. How many remember Bob and Sue Buescher, the directors? Anyone? Remember Bob and Sue Buescher? Anyone else? Rodney Butler? Anyone? Right? I was one of the gentlemen that stood up here 20 plus years ago. J-E-S-U-S, he's my Lord and King, J-E-S-U-S, he's my everything. Remember that song, for those of you, right? J, J, E, E. Went into Teen Challenge. The relationship between my grandparents and I was restored to the fullest. <laughs> Had to learn education all over again. I didn't know what a noun, pre-noun, you know. I, it took me four times to pass my GED, but on my fifth time, well, <laughs> I passed it. I was determined. Enough is enough. I said to myself, self, Jesus is in the neighborhood, so I'm going to push through the crowd of doubt. I'm going to push through the crowd of abandonment. I'm going to push through the crowd of all the naysayers. I'm going to push through the crowd of society. I'm going to push through the crowd of my principal at my junior high school who told me that I will never live up to anything. I'm going to push through the crowd of anything that's coming in my way because Jesus is in the neighborhood, and I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and I'm going to get mine. Went on to Bible college to Zion. Now it's North Point. Zion back in Barrington, Rhode Island. While at Zion, I was there in 94, 
half of 95. I was asked to be a part of a traveling music team, a choir out of Brooklyn. Left Zion, I used to play drums a lot. Um, was on tour, big choir. At the end of the tour, they asked me to be, to stay on staff as support staff, to be the second drummer, so I was second to the first drummer, just like first violin, second. So every lead musician, every lead instrument in this church in Brooklyn had a second string. So I was second string drummer. Just, man, greatness. Wow. But I still hadn't dealt with my issues. Man. So here I am, lights, camera, action. We did this huge event in New York City. And at the end of that event... I was so overwhelmed with the fact that my father was not alive to see me, that my mother was not around to see me. I was angry. Why? Why are you not here to see me as if it was all about me in the first place? You see, issues will have you get all screwed up thinking, stinking thinking. Your issues will make you think it's all about me. (laughs) And I remember that night feeling so angry, so hurt, that that night, after everything was packed up, Found myself back at the crack house. Relapsed. Ashamed. What in the world? Issues. I had not taken the time to deal with the abandonment. Had hadn't I taken the time, though, so let's go back to the story. Remember when she first touched the hem of Jesus' garment? It said immediately her bleeding stopped. So immediately when I touched the hem of Jesus' garment, as it were, I stopped using drugs. Yet later on in Scripture, we find that he wants her to come out of the crowd and tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And then he says, your faith has made you whole again. Mm. I wish I had some time to preach this. You see, some of us are walking around broken and not whole because we haven't faced the whole truth and nothing but the truth about our issues. And on the outside, we look nice and prim and clean and everything is looking good. But on the inside, we're broken up because we're not ready to deal with the whole truth and nothing but the truth to jump out of the crowd and say, Jesus, I was the one that touched you. I wasn't ready to deal to do that. Stay with me for a second. So fast forward. I'm in, I'm in the crack house. Friday, 
Saturday, Sunday, a good friend of mine, pastor, comes, gets me. I go through restoration process through the church. They ship me away to Virginia. It was awesome. Just, just loved on me and not kicked me to the curb. We like to kick each other to the curb, don't we? When a fellow brother or sister acts up or messes up, right? We're like, Ugh. right? Like, go ahead. You, what? Huh, I told you so, right? We're good like that, Christians. Maybe nobody here, but anyway. <laughs> Back in ministry, and I remember sitting, remember Otis Stanley? Rick, the old superintendent, Otis Stanley. I remember sitting in front of him, and he asked the question, how do you know you're called to the ministry? This was for my ordination interview. And I paused for a second, and I remember Priscilla grabbing my hand like, Louis, you better answer right. Don't give him a Louisism. <laughs> right? But I couldn't help it. And I said, Brother Otis, Presbyters around the table, this is how I know that I'm called to the ministry. Because when I relapsed that weekend, I was in the crack house that Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and a lady came into the crack house. And she began to tremble and point in my direction and say, you don't belong here. There's something different about you. I don't know what it is, but you do not belong here. And I said, Brother Otis, if I may pause for a second, David said that if I make my bed in hell... His presence is there. Ladies and gentlemen, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was called to the ministry when I wanted to run. God met me in the crack house. I was then ready to deal with the truth and nothing but the truth. This is who I am. This is what I am. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I need deliverance for. For so many believers, Brother Jason, for so many believers in the church, you might not be addicted to drugs or alcohol. I'll never be like, Pastor, you what? You're right. You might, might never do some of the things I've done. But here's one thing that we have in common. It's the letter I in the middle of sin. The letter I that begins with the issues, right? And we verbally, even today, we sang it. I have decided to follow Jesus, right? Christ is enough. And we verbally say Christ is enough. but we're dealing with stuff that nobody knows. So I want to invite you now as we come to an end 
Listen, they're my stories a dime a dozen. One thing, though, that I want to encourage you this evening. If you enter through those doors with a trunk full of junk, and you leave here with that trunk still full of junk, don't blame it on the songs that they sang or didn't sing. Don't blame it on the resolution. Don't blame it on the speaker. This lady, she had every reason to be like, yeah, whatever. But she's like, no, uh uh, I'm done. You know, when company comes over and the house is kind of still of a mess. Right, what's the first thing we do, right? We start sticking stuff in, in the closet. We start stuffing stuff under the bed just in case they want to, if they're the first time coming to your house, right? Under the bed, in the closet. Heck, start using the oven if we're not using, right? Start putting stuff in the oven. So the guests come in. You eat dinner with them and they leave. Oh, phew. So glad they didn't look in the closet. I'm so glad they didn't look under the bed. Ooh, I'm so glad they didn't look in the stove, in the oven. But you knew it was there. And so here's tonight what we're going to do. Number one, if you have a son and a daughter, or a husband, or a wife, or an uncle, an aunt, a neighbor, I don't, whatever it is, right? This altar calls for you, and we'll, we'll, we're going to come up for prayer. If you're in here tonight, and, every, and your, your apartment, your house looks clean, Pastor Rick, you want And your closet, man, your closet is packed full of junk, but nobody sees it, right? Thank you. And you might leave here. Nobody saw it. But tonight when you go to bed, you know it's there. So you have two choices, to leave here the same Yes, maybe healed, but not whole. Christ wants to make you whole again. Let's all stand. Brother Jason, if you could lead us out in that song, Christ is Enough. As Jason begins to play... And sing. If that's you here tonight, and that includes the singers and musicians too, by the way. I know you got a job to do. Jason, that's you too, brother. We could do without a keyboard if you need to come up too. I'm, not, I'm just saying. 
Like enough. I'm sorry. Enough of playing church. Right? Sister's like, word up. I'm done. Make your way forward. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray together. Come on. If that's you, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, listen, (laughs) if you're concerned about the person next to you, you you totally didn't hear nothing that I said. Because this lady didn't care. She took the risk and she pushed through the crowd. And she said, enough is enough is enough. I'm going to get mine. Jesus, 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 we need you, we need you, we need you, Lord, we need you, Lord, we need you. Hallelujah. Jesus is in the neighborhood. Enough for me. Everything I need is in Push through that crowd. Push through that crowd. Everything I need. Your battery needs to be recharged. Push through. Push through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christ. at the altar those that are standing before I ask Pastor Rick to come up here's a neat thing about the story that it starts off with saying a lady 
No name. Just a lady. A lady had an issue of blood. A lady was bleeding, right? A lady, no name. Just. <laughs> but if you fast forward to the end, Jesus said, Daughter, <laughs> daughter, from a known name to a child of God, from a known name to a daughter of the Most High God, from no name to a son of the Most High God. That's for someone here tonight. From a no name, you might think that someone has forgotten you. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is here to, uh, to tell you, son, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Your faith, son, daughter, you might have come in here, no name, but you leave here knowing that you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Jesus, we thank you. Bendito sea tu nombre, Señor. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, thank you for your word tonight. Lord, you promised that it would not come back void. Lord, thank you for the work that you're doing in the hearts. God, here tonight, Jesus. God, thank you that we have come to this altar, or even if we're standing, God, to the place of enough is enough. I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want to just be healed. I want to be made whole again. God, I'm sick and tired of these issues. I'm sick and tired of these things always creeping up on me. When I think they're under control, here they come right back up. And it hurts. God, that's where you want us to be. To tell the truth and nothing but the truth. I thank you, God, for healed hearts tonight. I thank you for healed lives tonight. Lord, I pray that we leave differently than how we came tonight. God, we thank you for the example that we have in your word, where from a no name to be called a daughter. Thank you, God, that you do call us sons and daughters. We're heirs of the kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for never leaving us nor forsaking us. We thank you, God.